If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Hello and welcome to our week 8 summary of the NFL. This is Pacific Down and Distance, a show produced out of Australia for uh, people around the the rest of the world who are American football fans but are either unable to watch due to being at work or being asleep, depending on what time zone you're in. And we give you this summary of the day's play. Now, this was the first one to be formally produced with the help of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So please get around those guys. You'll find the website in the show notes. It's very exciting for us. There are some partners of the show going forward and you'll hear a little bit from them in each episode each week. All right, we'll rip in the three late or particularly late Sunday afternoon games. We'll start with the biggest one on paper, which was the LA Rams hosting San Francisco. Now, this match ended up being a big win to the Niners. I actually uh, thought I might have even mentioned on last week's episode, this was a sneaky upset possibility. It really hasn't worked out that way at all. So 31-14, huge win for the Niners. They uh, That's their second win over the Rams this year. Um, which basically ends the Rams' threat for the division title, you'd think. They certainly won't be able to overhaul San Francisco. The story of the day was definitely uh, Christian McCaffrey. One rushing touchdown, which you'd expect. One receiving touchdown, which probably doesn't surprise you either. But how about this? Before he did either of those, he threw a passing touchdown. True story. So he ran for 94 yards, he caught for 55, and yep, he even threw for 34 yards. So that has certainly got off to a good start of that relationship. Jimmy G himself had a clean day as well, 235 passing yards and two touchdowns. And he's actually never been beaten at the Rams in regular season play. That's 8-0. Although you can, of course, point to the NFC Championship last year, which was in the Rams building and which uh, Jimmy G lost. Now, as I said, I really like the Rams coming in off a bye and the demoralizing defeat the 49ers suffered last week, but it, they conceded 21 points in the second half and it's really probably reshaped their thinking ahead of the trade deadline. They also had Cooper Cup carried off towards the end. I'm not sure uh, of the injury status at this point. The Rams do go to Tampa next week, which is another team in free fall. Uh, so there'll, there'll be an opportunity there. The 49ers will get a bye. The next game uh, that went on concurrently was in Seattle. It was the Giants 23, losing to Seattle 37. A really solid game from the Seahawks in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, They had touchdown contributions from uh, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, as well as a key rushing touchdown at the end from Kenneth Walker III. And and a pretty consistent day from Geno Smith as well. The story on the New York Giants side, was uh, that wasn't a bad day, but they had not one but two muffed punt returns, which surrendered quality field possession, momentum, and 10 points to Seattle in the process of all of that. Their chief punt returner, Richie James, who 
copped, who, who muffed both the, the punts. He also had a concussion out of that as well. So it's going to be a, a messy aftermath. Uh, now, Daniel Jones, I saw him walking off the field at one point with some severe abrasions to his throwing hand as well. So he didn't appear to have issues after that, but it's one to watch. Might have been some cleats or something like that. The Seahawks um, keep their... They keep their Solid position at the top of the NFC West. I know the Niners won as well, but uh, they go to Arizona next week, Seattle, and they would just about end Arizona's um, ambitions for the division title. And we'll get to Arizona shortly, but uh, Seattle will be looking to knock them out and make it a two-horse race. The Giants uh, join the Rams, sorry, join the 49ers in having a bye next week. The other game, I probably didn't think we'd be mentioning it this early in the run sheet. It also went on at the same time as the other two. Washington 17 at Indy, winning at Indy, who, who finished on 16. This was an intriguing game. Uh, he- Taylor Heineke, who's come in for Carson Wentz, he uh, drove home for a touchdown on his last possession. That put Washington ahead 17-16, uh, which was the final score. But it did leave 22 seconds on the clock. Uh, but Indy just couldn't get it done on their uh, return. Now, McLaurin and Gibson helped him out today. Uh, the Commanders have won uh, three in a row, and things are starting to come together. They're still in the bottom of a hot NFC East, but they've got big momentum there. The pre-match hype about this game was lost because Carson Wentz was injured uh, and put on injured reserve, which meant he would miss this so-called revenge match. But also on the Colts side, his replacement, Matt Ryan, was benched after last week's loss to Tennessee. And uh, the um, the, the Indy raised their uh, rookie quarterback, Sam Ellinger, uh, to the starting position. Now, the game still delivered, uh, and certainly Ellinger offered a glimpse of what he of Indy's future uh, with 201 yards and uh, no intercepts. So it was an encouraging start, but they'll be frustrated with that loss, and it does put their coach's position in severe scrutiny. They go to New England next week, which is probably not easy. New England is back on the winner's list today. We'll get to them shortly. Washington have Minnesota come into their building. So... Good. That that match has suddenly become uh, one of the hotter ones on the card next week. We may as well continue in chronological order, and we'll go to Sunday night football, which was Green Bay at Buffalo. At the start of the year, this would have looked like an absolute humdinger, and it's certainly fair to say that Buffalo have uh, justified that expectation, but Green Bay have not. So I think uh, the the match was was won 27-17 by Buffalo, so no surprises there. I think that uh, most people would probably expected that on form at the very least. Um, the showdown between Josh Allen from Buffalo and, and Aaron Rodgers barely materialised. Um, both both teams really did play according to their form, with you know fairly consistently throughout the year. So good, that's good for Buffalo and, and not so good for Green Bay. Uh, Allen did start fairly imperiously, and uh, the Bills led 24-7 at halftime. He did throw uh, picks on two consecutive drives, sort of around the uh, end of the third, start of the fourth. But that was basically the game was all but won by then. It's just obvious watching this team that they're super high on confidence, um, you know, offense, defense, even the special teams guys. And they're definitely a raging hot shot to be one one half of the Super Bowl. I'd be staggered if they're not hosting the uh, AFC Championship in 
in Orchard Park in Buffalo. Now, for Green Bay, they lost to, coming into the match, they'd lost to the Giants, the Jets, Washington, and they've now added Buffalo. So that's four losses in a row. And, of course, before that, it was that overtime sort of narrow win over New England and their third-string quarterback. So their season risks freefall now. They're well behind Minnesota in the NFC North uh, title race. And I, just, there's not really much that came out of today that you'd be clinging to if you're a Packers fan. Rogers found two new touchdown targets, uh, and Aaron Jones ran for 143 yards, but it felt like it was out of necessity rather than any sort of uh, surprise. And yeah, that, that they're not, they're just not going to be able to win these sorts of games uh, with, with that strategy, and not to mention. That yeah, that that they look they don't look high on confidence or ideas. So yeah, again against a team like Buffalo, you're going to struggle. Now they don't have to play a team like Buffalo next week. They go to Detroit, who are also low on confidence, and you might find that that is the tonic they need. Uh, then again, if Detroit were to win, it would be even worse. Buffalo they go to their division rivals as well, the New York Jets, who uh, will be looking to bounce back from that Patriots defeat. All right, we'll leave it there and take our. Uh, First opportunity to speak with our new partners. So every Sunday when we do this, you obviously get a slate of matches and on paper, some look better than others. And then the afternoon, or as it may be, the morning plays out, depending on where you are in the world. And some games surprise and some games disappoint. The next game we're going to go to was Carolina at Atlanta, which was easily the match of the day uh, in hindsight. Uh, now, it went to overtime. It was the only overtime game of the day. And Atlanta won at 34, sorry, 37 to 34. But that scoreline really doesn't do, do the match justice at all. Uh, the lead swung constantly. Uh, there was plenty of late drama. And uh, the, the, right up to the very end of uh, normal time, regular time, when stand-in quarterback for the, for the Panthers, PJ Walker, with just 23 seconds left and no timeouts, down 28 to 34, through a 62-yard pass to DJ Moore, who was who took it in the end zone, and uh, and that tied the scores. Unfortunately, he uh, the receiver then threw his helmet to the ground in a celebration, which incurred an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, which is 15 yards. Now, normally. That doesn't happen in those situations, so you normally see it, you know, during a drive. But on this occasion, the Falcons had the opportunity to apply it to the the point after a touchdown attempt. Uh, they could have also uh, uh, applied it to the to the run afterwards as well, to the to the punt, the, the the kick back to the Falcons. But they didn't have a lot of time, so they went to the point after attempt, and it was just enough to force a miss and therefore a tie by Carolina. So the Carolina kicker, you know, would normally have been kicking from 33 for a P18. Instead, it was 48. And uh, with a hostile crowd, that just took the match into overtime. The Falcons actually opened um, overtime with the ball, but Marcus Mariota threw a pick in the first set of downs, uh, which of course means that any score from Carolina uh, on their possession, their consequence possession, uh, would, have, would have won the game. They drove down the field, but they then missed a field goal, which would have sealed the game. So uh, the kickers having a shocker, uh, set up badly by that by that scoring recipient who probably had a rough night's sleep, DJ Moore. But look, where it's left everyone, Atlanta have been competitive in most of their games. They have lost a couple of close ones, so they'll be pretty relieved 
uh, with, with the result. Kyle Pitts caught five times for 80 yards today and a touchdown. That'll give him some confidence. And Young Wei Ko is surely uh, one of the best kickers in the comp. He's clearly the Iceman, and he, it was his field goal that sealed the, the match right at the end. Carolina had a fair bit to cheer about as well. Big numbers from, from Moore himself and, and Donta Freeman, the foreman, sorry, the uh, running back who rushed for 118 yards and had three touchdowns. And funnily enough, because of the uh, the way the Bucks season, uh, Tampa Bay is, is faring uh, and, and, and New Orleans until today, this match actually decided first place in the division. Carolina would have had it in a tiebreaker, which is bizarre considering uh, they They've sacked their coach and uh, given away their best player in Christian McCaffrey or traded him away. But uh, the Falcons now own it outright because they, uh, they, they're four and four. They've got the best record in the division. So they are first as with things stand tonight. They host the Chargers next week from LA and Carolina go to Cincinnati. So both teams playing out of conference matches. Next game up, Arizona at Minnesota was one of the big games of the day. It was 34-26 win for the home team Vikings. Uh, Minnesota strengthened their group on the NFC North title and a, well, frankly, a good playoff seeding. Um, I, I think they're very close to sealing a top two now. Uh, hard fought win over an opponent who really continued to contribute to their own demise. For the Vikings, there were five touchdowns in total, two passing and one rushing uh, for, for Kirk. Cousins, their quarterback, and there was also a couple of uh, rushing touchdowns, one for Delvin Cook and Alex Madison. The killer play, really, from mine, uh, came on special teams when the Vikings recovered a muffed punt from Arizona when the, the uh, momentum was going all their way and left with a sort of a, a drive from the end zone um, to, to kick a field goal that basically put the match out of reach. Uh, look, the story of Arizona's season continues. Remarkably frustrating day to day as well. Kyler Murray threw for 326 yards and three TDs, but he also had two picks and a fumble to go with that special teams fumble I mentioned before. So he'll be just tearing his hair out. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, second match back. He made a stellar return again today, catching 12 for 159 yards and a touchdown. As Arizona have got a must-win match against Seattle next week. That is in their building, so they'll, they'll need that. Otherwise, they're pretty much done. Uh, Minnesota will go to Washington in what's become a sneaky big match on paper for next week. All right, we'll go to the uh, so-called Keystone State or Pennsylvania Derby, depending on whereabouts in the world you're uh, you're listening to. Um, it's not really... They, these two teams are out of conference, Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, so they only play every four years and they get, they get one home game every eight. So it's not really a true rivalry and it's got probably pretty, you know, actual, little actual feeling, but... Uh, and the, today's game certainly won't have enhanced it. Um, 35, uh, 35 points to 13 in Philadelphia's favour, the home team. So, yeah, look, they've, they've asserted whatever authority they have it over there in state rivals. Um, they're unbeaten with a favourable draw to come to uh, the, the, the Eagles. Their star today was wide receiver AJ Brown, who came from uh, Tennessee, was traded in from Tennessee uh, during the off-season. 156 yards from just six catches and three touchdowns to go with it. They, they even rested Jalen Hurts for the fourth quarter to save him for next week because they're on Thursday night. He'd earned the rest. He hit four touchdowns himself, uh, all of them over 25 yards. So 
for a, where there's a good day, there's a miserable day on the other side, and that's what it was for Pittsburgh. Their star defender, Minka Fitzpatrick, was in the vicinity for all of A.J. Brown's touchdowns. So that's awkward, and the offense just struggled to capitalize on its opportunities as well. They had plenty of yardage, but it was all in the wrong half of the field, and their punter would just seem to, get, to see way too much of the action. So, uh, yeah, not ideal. They're 2-6 and six now, and another team who could end up just trading parts uh, this week with the trade deadline closing closing in. And uh, on the subject of miserable days, the next match, New England at New York Jets. The Jets, who have been owned by New England all this century, come in for the first time in, in a long time. I think it was 18 years since they'd been uh, had a better match record uh, going into a game against the Patriots, and that's all Tom Brady-driven. Uh, they got they copped a serious reality check today. So Zach Wilson, who I'd been talking up as you know uh, four, four and zero as a starter and uh, and sneaky good record, not getting a lot of credit uh, for his um, for his role in the wins. Well, that's basically was our, played out today. He threw multiple killer picks in the second half when the game was there to be won. I, I didn't understand all that criticism, but it is clear now. Um, Look, they were unlucky. There was a roughing the passer penalty earlier in the match when New England looked like giving up a pick six on offense. And if the Jets had got that, they would have been up 17-3. So, look, it's unfortunate. Their defense played really well and only allowed one touchdown. Uh, but, yeah, just a day to forget. 22-17 um, to 17 in total. The New England, for them, they, uh, they had to build their score via field goals, which I guess is a selling point for the Jets' defense. But otherwise, they bounced back from what was a shocking Monday night performance against Chicago the other day. They reassert their Belichick-era dominance over the Jets. And, look, they played their quarterback, Mac Jones, back into some form. They were also very effective on special teams, great kicking and an excellent punt return uh, in the second quarter, I think. They now host the Indianapolis Colts next week. The Jets host, <laughs> just when you need it, Buffalo. All right, we'll, uh, we'll be back after this short break. All right, our final set of games. We'll kick it off with Las Vegas at New Orleans, won by the home team, New Orleans, 24 to zip. Uh, they had a week and a half to prepare uh, off the back of that Thursday night football loss to Arizona. It was a home game. They've got a stable quarterback situation. Uh, to be honest, I just felt like this one would add up this way, and it did. Elvin Kamara was their star today. His usual running output, 18 carries and a touchdown, but you've got to uh, add to that 96 receiving yards and two receiving touchdowns, so pretty encouraging from him. Andy Dalton played quarterback with the occasional cameo from Taysom Hill. Uh, James Winston's definitely been dropped, so Dalton will be the quarterback going forward. Look, there's not much pretty to say for Las Vegas. They didn't score uh, after, yeah, well, they didn't score at all, but no one actually scored after early in the, the third quarter, so there was no no score in the rest of the match after that. And the uh, the Raiders' first foray into Saints' territory is right at the end of the match, so they couldn't get past halfway for almost the entire match. They are two and five now. They have had a bye, but they're two and five. And keeping in mind that uh, we'll, when we get to Denver later, they spoiler alert, they won. So the uh, the Raiders are off the back of this uh, NFC, sorry AFC West now, and it's getting ugly. Their coach was summoned to a meeting with the owner before even the post-match media conference, and that's the second time that that's happened. Nola, uh, sorry, New Orleans, I should say. They host Baltimore on Monday night football next week. The Raiders go to Jacksonville, so I presume they would 
would stay down in, in the south. They're in, in Louisiana at the moment, so Jacksonville not being far away, they might get a week away and that might help. Miami at Detroit. So this one ended in the Dolphins' favour, 31 to Detroit, 27. Uh, key talking points here. Tua is definitely back, 382 yards, 29 passes and three touchdowns. He Look, you, when he started the season on fire, uh, before that concussion situation, everything looked great. And then the team really struggled without him. And even though it, it, the first quarter last week against Pittsburgh, it looked like it was straight back to business for him. The second half wasn't pretty. So it was there was a bit of a cloud of doubt hanging over today's match. Well, normal services definitely resume now. And to boot, you've got Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, who are easily the best one-two wide receiving combo in the league. And... Assuming they stay healthy, that will be reflected in the final stats at the end of the year. Hill, in particular, is on track to set significant records. He went for 188 yards today. Uh, Waddle, just 106, plus his two touchdowns. So you can see the sort of uh, scoreboard pressure those guys are piling on. Detroit started 2022 so promisingly, but the losses are really piling up now. They actually paid pretty well. They scored frequently. And then the lined quarterback, Jared Goff, was actually pretty clean. But they just can't get the win, and uh, you've got to assume that's hitting morale. They've actually got uh, a fixture on... They always have a fixture on Thanksgiving Day in the US, which uh, this year is against Buffalo. So that could be gruesome in front of a national audience. Uh, they do host Green Bay next week. Uh, Miami for them, they go to Chicago. Speaking of Chicago, uh, they went to Dallas uh, this morning. It was Chicago 29, Dallas 49. So big win for America's team. Uh, Dak Prescott, just like Tua, Dak is back. He playing his second match back from injury. He was a lot more convincing this week, which is also like Tua. Um, Dallas finished their first four, four drives with touchdowns. So everything was hitting the mark at that point. They did allow Chicago back in the game during the second half, which was, um, but they, you know, not, not as impressive, but they did stabilize it and ended up posting one of the year's biggest scores across the league. Uh, today also marked the true emergence of running back Tony Pollard from the shadow of Zeke Elliott as the Cowboys' top dog. Now, for Chicago, they did impress everyone on Monday night uh, nationally uh, against New England in Boston, So, but they, that, that, the, they subsequently traded one of their best defenders to Philadelphia and Robert Quinn in a move which probably left fans fairly confused about what one Monday's win even meant and the, for the team's ambitions. It was a rough first half, uh, but Justin Fields is building some consistency and his running is causing trouble for opponents as well. This game blew up in their face when their best running back, David Montgomery, and one of the best in the league, he fumbled. And Dallas defender Micah Parsons recovered it. But then he got up. No one touched him. He got up and ran in for a defensive touchdown. The most awkward part of this was that Justin Fields was there and leapt over him while he was on the ground instead of touching him. It's going to make for tough tape viewing during the week. We did just mention it. So Chicago hosts Miami now. Dallas have had two soft wins uh, against... Detroit and Chicago, at home, both at home, and now they get a bye, so they'll be loving life. Next game, uh, you often expect uh, Houston to feature uh, towards the end of this rundown, and there's a reason for that. Uh, today, they were at home to Tennessee, but they lost 17-10. to 10. Uh, Look, we'll start with the positives. Uh, 
for Tennessee, it's their star running back, Derek Henry, who ran for 219 yards from 30 carries and two touchdowns today. Uh, he's now rushed for 100 yards in his last four games straight. And uh, more to the point, he's hit 200 on four straight matches versus Houston, who just have no idea how to stop it. Tennessee started without injured quarterback Ryan Tannehill, so they deployed their 2022 draftee Malik Willis. And look, on face value, it appears he was fairly green. Limited yardage in the air or on the ground. He was sacked three times and a crucial intercept at one point. So uh, unsurprisingly, Tennessee largely used a, relied on a running game. For Houston, this match was a downer. Their last drive in junk time for 90 yards was biggest, uh, well, by far the biggest of their day, but it was more than half their total uh, off offensive yards gained of 161. So, yeah, all in, in the last run. Now, Davis Mills just isn't progressing at the moment, so uh, it's a long road back for Houston in the post-Watson era. Tennessee, well, they will go to Kansas City next week in what you'd have to assume will be one of the matches of Week 9. Houston for theirs are on TNF Thursday night football against the undefeated Philadelphia. And it's also an out-of-conference match, which does mean it's it's got little spice for the uh, Al Michaels and Kirk Street who host uh, Thursday night football on Amazon Prime and keep complaining about some of the ordinary games they're getting. All right, the last game of the round. This one was in London. I did say last week that it was Jacksonville's home game. It was notionally Jacksonville's home game only. So they played at Denver. 21-17 to Denver uh, at Wembley Stadium. Um, now, despite a slow start, and by slow I mean three punts and one intercept from their first four drives, Russell Wilson had his most imposing game since joining the Broncos, so he was really strong in the second half. He threw a couple of key passes and led the winning drive when he had to. Uh, his team, I've watched that in the uh, post-match and he was being interviewed. His team got around him during the interview, um, roughed his hair and all of that. So it's clear he's got some support. There's definitely a reason to be encouraged going forward. For Jacksonville, they're, look, they're all narrow, but these losses are piling up as well. And it can't be good for Trevor Lawrence's confidence. I mean, Nook and the, the, the two picks he had today. But they are showing plenty of fight. The other highlight for them today was Travis Etienne, who rushed for 156 yards and a touchdown. They host Las Vegas in uh, in Florida next week. Vegas having, um, well, as I mentioned before, already being down in that part of the country. Denver gets a bye, which they probably need, especially off the back of a London trip. Now, I'll just call out a couple of things. This is our first full episode migrated over to the Sports Social Podcast Network. So you'll see in the show notes, uh, you can follow our show on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, so please do, if, you, if you're enjoying it, you'll notice it's a small following so far because this is the first episode that we're going to be uh, promoting far and wide. But please uh, follow us and let us know your thoughts. Uh, we've got an email address if you'd like to get in touch with the show as well. So happy to do that. And make sure you check out the Sports Social Podcast Network website. There's plenty of other American football content as well as plenty of other sports for those of you around the rest of the world who are interested. There are plenty of good podcasts on there. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for uh, welcoming our new partners on board and uh, looking forward to chatting with you all next week. Social Podcast Network.